0: This is the Mum's Net podcast brought to you in association with our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non Bio. I'm Fee Glover, and this one is all about food. So, feeding time at the baby zoo. Well, for such a simple thing, solving hunger with food, it can be a whole heap of trouble beans, can't it? Why will they eat spinach and butternut squash one day and then spit it out like you've served them washing up liquid the next? Should you ever attempt to make walnut balls? And just how far can a baby chuck a spoonful of carrot puree? Oh, well done, you. We're here to help with some tried and tested solutions from other parents and a bit of a steer from clinical psychologist Linda Blair, our parenting guru, and paediatrician Dr Chris. He's the one with the reassuring medical qualifications. So sit down, make yourself comfortable. Before we even get to the what and how of solid food, we have to tackle the when.
1: I'm confused. The guidelines say 6 months, but my baby seems incredibly hungry, and my mother-in-law keeps threatening to sneak her some baby rice when I'm not there. She says that's what she did with my husband and it never harmed him, and I'm struggling to hold the line. My son is just over 5 months. He can sit unaided and put food into his mouth himself. When he started grabbing things from his sister's plate and shoving it in his mouth, I decided he might be okay with starting on solid food. Now now
0: worrying I shouldn't have is it too late to stop now? He started. What harm could it do? See what I mean? Just how do you know that your baby is ready to tackle solid foods? Is it up to you to know? Should you rely on someone else telling you? Here are lovely mum's netters, Hattie, Nida and Layla. We all met up with the addition of six-month-old Robin who came along for the ride.
1: The advice changed, actually, I think, all three times, my children, when to wean your child and what to give them. And with my second child, it was definitely baby-led weaning in that he just picked up a lamb shank one day and ate it. (laughs) Um, I think he was
0: about four months ready for food. So, did he do that fantastic thing where a hand
2: just yeah, went
1: on the went plate? went out, whole lamb shank, straight into the mouth. <laughs> Henry VIII style. Half expecting to throw it over his
2: shoulder and sort of demand some more. My second daughter was very similar. She nicked her sister's toast. And yeah, I love that. And started eating the toast. I'm like, okay, so you're ready for food as well. And I've been doing a mixture of baby legs and normal food with him. So, as you can hear, So, at the moment, he
0: he's eating banana cake and <laughs> loving it. <laughs> Until 2003, parents were advised to wean between four and six months. But that has changed. And now the advice from the World Health Organization and the Department of Health is to wait till six months. We felt we needed someone with a formal qualification to explain this a bit more, so thank goodness for consultant paediatrician Dr Chris Gale. We popped along to the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital to ask him why there is a time limit at all for weaning. Why not just do it when you think your baby is ready?
3: Really it's about the development of the gut. So over the first few months of life, the gut is not really ready for breaking down and digesting solid foods I think that six months doesn't necessarily have to be an exact figure. And some children will show you that they are ready to be weaned earlier than that. They'll be sitting up, they'll be interested in food, they'll be reaching for food that other people are eating, and clearly they they are ready.
0: So could you harm a baby by introducing solid foods too soon?
3: I think it's very unlikely you're going to be able to really harm a baby by giving them a little bit of solid food. But the children aren't going to be able to take it I mean, I think the problem with introducing solid food too early is that it's going to interfere with them taking, hopefully, your breast milk, which we know is the best thing for babies to have.
0: So that's why we have the guidelines. It's not as if, though, on the first day your baby passes the six-month mark, you're going to lay the table, put out a fine selection of protein, carbs and vegetables and head off into the sunset of solid food dreams, is it? Lucy is still breastfeeding her six-month-old daughter Phoebe and introduced her to solid foods a couple of weeks ago.
4: I think the guidelines are there for a reason and I think asking mothers to trust their instinct is quite tricky because a lot of them don't and then that's just making them feel bad that they don't. Phoebe is quite big (laughs) so I feel easier about giving her food before six months but now I definitely waited and also there's no proof that giving them food earlier helps them sleep through the night. A couple of months ago, Phoebe was reaching out for everything. So she's about four months. And my mum was like, does she want a chip? I think she wants a chip. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, she definitely doesn't. She's interested in it. But, you know, my mum thinks it's ridiculous that so we're all waiting until six months. She thinks it's crazy. But anyway.
0: Another very attractive reason for waiting till six months is that the whole darn process is a heck of a lot easier and quicker. At this age, your baby is very likely to be able to sit in a high chair... Yeah, take food easily from a spoon and or pick up and hold food to feed herself. Today, Phoebe is having her first taste of fresh banana mashed into some porridge.
4: She's trying to grab the spoon that I'm feeding her with because she's chucked her spoon, the spoon that I gave her, so I feel like I can't get it into her mouth fast enough. So I will put it in her mouth and for the most part, she will just push it back with her tongue and then swallow it. She wants to sort of be in control. Um, <laughs> But so I will give her as many spoonfuls as I sort of would like her to eat in this sitting and then let her play around with it. So she's got her hand in the bowl. I think baby-led weaning is a great idea in principle. I'm not sure how well it works in terms of actually getting food inside them. But I think you have to do an element of baby-led weaning, otherwise they don't get used to feeding themselves. We've given her um, sort of finger things to eat. So a finger of pepper... Uh, mango and some some watermelon, there goes a spoon which she sort of gnaws on rather than swallows it (laughs) Lucy is doing a mix of
0: traditional feeding spoon feeding with pureed food and baby led weaning it's baby-led in the sense that you can let them do what they need to do, so you will be putting stuff they can eat out in front of them, mushy bananas, soft chunks of veg, that kind of thing. And you'll be letting your baby take the lead, not getting too fussed about how much goes into the mouth and how much heads to the nearest curtain, to be found months later as a dried, and crusted and totally unidentifiable food stain that will never come out. There's lots of kit involved in the baby weaning stage which you can ignore or try out. The biggest advance is the weaning net. It's like a bag which you can put food into and then your baby can squeeze it through the net and guzzle on it.
2: We put strawberries or bits of banana and things into it. It's like a net on a stick and then they can s- sit and chew it and suck it but only small amounts come through so it's almost like they're pureeing the food themselves. <laughs> but it's really handy if, if you were a little bit scared about trying baby lead weaning and you were worried about them choking or things like that, you can always try it that way. We did a
4: mixture of um, baby lead and pureed stuff but actually
2: sometimes I couldn't be
4: bothered to wait for her to make her way through all this food herself sometimes if we're in a rush i was like do you know what i'm just gonna feed you there we go done let's go i think a combination is what worked
1: for us you shouldn't feel bad about that i give my daughter pouches on the go to feed herself (laughs) that's how she weaned here have a pouch see if you can suck it out of that because that's your lunch on the way to get your brother from nursery
0: There's quite a snobbery as well, isn't there? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. about weaning.
4: I felt a bit of pressure at the beginning to make everything from scratch because I could see other people around me were doing it, and obviously in an ideal world we'd all eat fresh food all the time. I just didn't have the time to do that, and even if I did have the time, I'd rather be doing something else. And when um, you do spend the time doing it, you
1: spend an hour making something, and they're like that. Yeah, no thanks. I would prefer that jar anywhere. of <laughs> yes. disgusting-looking thing over exactly. there, please the Please,. Exactly. Uh,
0: Where do you stand on homemade versus the jar? Fresh is obviously best, and if you're cooking for the rest of the family, leaving out the salt and any flavourings and pureeing up the same meal for your baby doesn't take too long. But advice from the parents who've been there, the rejection level is quite high. Your baby can appear to have taken on the nitpicking qualities of Paul Hollywood in the Bake Off tent when you start weaning and will often reject out of hand something you've spent hours making.
5: When I first tried to do some specific baby-led weaning recipes that I'd read about, I tried a few salmon things. I thought, oh, good, it's good for him to have fish. Or I'd make a huge amount of these kind of lamb cofter type thing. So I made a load of those. I made it was with turkey. And I'm thinking, this looks really dry. I'll well, try it. And I gave it to him. He was not interested at all. Then my mum made him a slice of toast and he wolfed it down. So it's like, oh, OK. If
4: you've had a long day and if you haven't slept that well so it's early on in the process you know and you're still waking up two or three times a night to feed them you just feel like you're getting nowhere and that your baby will never grow up and I couldn't believe that I was spending so much of my brain space worried about what my daughter was eating for dinner but you know it's your job to provide for them so when you feel like you're failing at that that can be that
0: can be horrendous This anxiety is really common and totally understandable. It can feel like the main job you have on the planet is to feed your baby, and in those early months of life it is. So when weaning comes along, you still have the same level of anxiety to deal with, and on top of that, you have all that pressure from the world of food about getting the balance right, the vitamins, the minerals, the trace elements, the omega-3, etc., etc., It's really getting me hacked off now. My son's always been a picky eater, but until recently, I've just about managed to get most of
1: the food groups in him every day. And I've been giving him vitamin supplements to make up for anything lacking
0: in his diet. But now he barely eats at all. Yesterday, all he had was a boiled egg and half a slice of buttered toast. But here's the good news. Babies are resilient. And the experience of millions of mums and dads before you really backs this up. If you have a period where your baby fusses the hell out of you, don't panic.
2: We've done the phase of we will only eat things that are white. We will only eat things that are covered in tomato ketchup. We will only eat yoghurt. We will only eat cheese. And I remember ringing my mum up in a panic going, she's only eating yoghurt and cheese, what am I going to do? Mum's like, chill, it'll be fine. It's a phase, she'll grow out of it. And she has. But how do you how do you play that?
0: I mean, do you did you go through a phase where, you know, you can't leave the table until you have eaten something else?
2: When they're babies, I've always been of the opinion up to around sort of nine months ish, that their milk is their main source of nutrients, if you like. So Giving them food is kind of like a taste of what's to come. It's kind of like get used to your taste buds, get this used to these different textures. After nine months, it becomes a bit of a mix of the two. So you've got the nutrients from the milk, but you've also got the nutrients from the food. And that's when I started to worry a little bit more about what their food intake was. I've never played the cards of you sit there until it's finished. I've just tried to make sure that during the course of a week, they've had a good mix.
0: We know from logic as well as experience that the wider the taste sensations are and the textures in those early years, the easier it will be for your child to embrace quinoa and avocado later on. And as we all know, raising a child who can't embrace quinoa or avocado is actually now a crime in this country, carrying with it a life sentence of social exclusion. Hello again, Dr Chris. Nice to see you.
3: We have to remember that kids being eaters is a normal process. Almost all children will go through a phase where they will not eat various things or they won't eat most things and it'll often change day by day so just because you offered them something they spat out yesterday they may well eat it the next day or the next week if you keep offering them all of the other foods then they will change and they will start to eat a wider variety of things later on
0: You're listening to the Mums net Podcast brought to you with the help of Fairy Non-Bio and the help doesn't end there they've got these new liquid tabs available they're softest ever for the whole family
5: This is a very you know, easy beige meal (laughs) of uh, fish fingers and potato waffles, I think it would be easy, rather than making some amazing risotto or whatever that uh, certainly the older one just throws back in my face uh, because he's a slightly more fussy eater. We're back with
0: Geraldine, who has a toddler who does another really annoying thing, eats loads of useful stuff, just not when you're around.
5: At nursery, I go to pick him up and they tell me we had... Vegetable curry with rice. He ate a bit of the curry and he ate a bowl of rice. What? We had vegetable soup today. He loved it. I can't believe it. But I now think, well, on those three days, he eats a good variety of foods and I'm not worried.
0: If it's been a particularly bad food day, try feeding them in the bath. It's easy enough to wash the inevitable mess away and while they're distracted with bubbles, you can get a few mouthfuls in. And purists, look away now, The occasional TV dinner won't do them any harm. As long as they don't have a Pavlovian reaction to the EastEnders theme tune, you'll probably be okay. And for those times when you know your little one is just playing up, a bit of TV distraction can help both you and them. Lucy's older daughter became a very fussy eater, but her grandmother refused to be beaten.
4: The only person I know with a will stronger than my daughter is my mum. And we left now with her for about three days, and my mum has had six children of her own and is very confident about her parenting abilities. And she should be, because she is a fantastic mother and grandmother. But when my husband left now with my mother, he said, you know, do you want me to make her some dinner? And I was like, oh, no, it's fine, I've got pheasant soup. <laughs> At which point my husband texts me, you know, saying there's no way she's going to eat that. And of course she didn't. I mean, that's a pretty strong taste for an adult. But my mum would not be broken. So Nell was sent obviously to bed with no supper and just some more milk. And I think my mum truly believed that she could break her. I think she thought that either Joe and I were being very weak or, you know, pandering to her. But obviously after four days, all Nell had had was bread and butter and milk.
0: So how much does your sense of adventure during the weaning process contribute to their taste later on?
1: did give my daughter chilli once by mistake when she was eating some of my pasta. My husband was like, what are you doing? And she cried so much. So yeah, unintentionally, I've introduced different flavours to my child. We had to walk around the park about three
0: times, to stop her crying. Do you know people who... Say, oh, yes, you know, my one-year-old likes nothing better than smoked salmon and caper berries.
1: Yes, and I tell you now, they are liars.
0: <laughs> they have got a huge
1: stock of chocolate digestives at home, and when they get home, they open them, they put the telly on. And that's the only way you can deal with those kind of people, I think, is just have that in your mind. When they go home, their children have gone through a whole pack of chocolate digestives, guaranteed.
0: Well, do you know what? It can be summed up in two words, walnut balls. So I remember going to... <laughs> I know. Going to a friend's birthday party for a two-year-old and uh, they were serving walnut balls. And, you know, bless them, they'd spent hours making all this really extraordinary food, very additive-free, very adventurous tastes, all of that kind of stuff, and the kids just didn't eat anything. You know, who's going to eat a walnut ball at the age of two? Oh,
1: I wouldn't eat one now. <laughs>
0: One of the most important questions to ask yourself, and this goes for most of your toddler torments, is whether the battle is worth fighting. It's so easy to get caught up in the moment when you're dealing with little ones, and a lot of the time you might be dealing with situations on your own, so the chance to stand back from it all becomes even harder. And if mealtime becomes a battleground, your baby probably will use that against you all the way through their toddler years. They can tell what sets you off, and in the game of cat and mouse, you really don't want to be the small rodent. So stay in charge of it all. Maybe find a way to let them know you just find it tiresome when they won't eat what's put in front of them. On no account allow it all to swamp you, to the point at which you storm out of the room in tears, yelling, But i spent all afternoon making a pizza in the shape of your face! I'd never be that person. Over to clinical psychologist and parenting guru, Linda Blair.
2: We're constantly being told there's a new way to eat. There's a new miracle food. We're all the time bombarded with worries about food. But if you can convey to your own child that food is pleasure and nourishment, it's fuel, then you're not going to have food problems. You're just not going to.
0: Do you have any advice for parents who are feeling a little bit crushed by the success of other parents weaning? Because we've all met the mum or dad who will say, oh, yes, they only eat brown rice mackerel and achai berries. And your heart sinks because you think, yeah, mine will only eat cans of spaghetti.
2: My own daughter only ate jam sandwich on white bread for about six months, which was horrifying to me. But when she was in her early 20s, she was playing in one of the top women's rugby teams in Edinburgh. So, I mean, it's not going to make any difference.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Like yeah, that's right.
0: good Subterfuge is totally acceptable when trying to get vital vitamins into your child
5: also known as apricot yoghurt, <laughs> so let's see if he rumbles me and eats it. That's strawberry. Yep, yeah, that's right. Delicious. That's peach. Mm. No, no, that's for you, go on. Yeah, if I tried to give Ishmael a mushroom, he'd be horrified, but in spaghetti bolognese, he'll eat it, no problem at all, won't question it. I've made macaroni cheese before, which has got things in it like spinach and things that he, he doesn't really notice, but generally, I try to kind of subtly slip something in there.
0: But what if you're a vegetarian or vegan family and you quite naturally would like your baby to be too, or if you're a firm follower of clean eating, is the same diet appropriate for your child?
3: I think the important thing is making sure your child gets enough of the proteins, fats, nutrients, all the things that they need. The sources that you use to get those from can be things like meat or they can be entirely vegetable-based if you're in a vegan family. And I think if you're a vegan yourself, you will know the range and types of food that you need to eat in order to have all of the nutritious aspects that are needed. And as long as you follow that with your children, your children should be able to have a full and balanced diet. And I think one of the most important things to say is that children should probably eat with the rest of the family where possible because it's very good for encouraging them to eat and socialise and it's easier to prepare one meal for everybody.
0: Basically, the trick is to relax. Sometimes, as with adults, a little of what you fancy does you good. And to return to a Paul Hollywood-themed analogy, these weaning months and the toddler years, well, they're like the dough proving in the oven. Don't panic. It is important to get the basics right, but this is not the final bake. You have years ahead of you to make food together, share good times over food, and do something really clever with a mushroom. We hope in some small measure that all of the parental advice has helped in some tiny way. This is one of a series of Mumsnet podcasts on the baby years. We also have ones about relationships, hygiene, sleep, and they can be found wherever you found this one. And all do that thing that Mumsnet does best, share stuff that matters in an honest way. So if you found this useful, do pass it on. If you want a recipe for walnut balls, I don't have one. The Net podcast is a Testbed production. I'm Fee Glover, and we've been talking all about food. Thanks to our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non-Bio, who made this episode possible. And thanks to you for listening.